I might let Milt borrow one of them. Oh, wow. The, Why would you do that? No, nah, because he, because he didn't have one. I didn't want to let him. That, I might man. bring it because he's my friend. I what? might be nice okay. and let him wear one of them. I'll bring I'll bring both of them. I'll let I'll let maybe I'll ask my dad to to ship one. He can borrow my dad's for a week, so he has one. That's fine. Shout That's... out to the goat. You are now listening to The Waggle, the official podcast of the Canadian Football League. It is The Waggle Podcast brought to you by CFL, CFL.ca, brought to you by our friends at Sport Clips. That's right, fans, because this podcast each and every week is brought to you by our friends at Sport Clips, where they are known for their Sport Clips MVP haircut experience, the massaging shampoos, the hot steam towels, and the sports on TV like hockey, baseball, basketball, and football. And we are in that vortex right now where all of those sports are going on. So where else can you go to see them and get a legendary haircut? No place but Sport Clips. Book your appointment online at sportclips.ca. NBA season is starting. Major League Baseball season is ending. MLS season ending. The Rugby World Cup is going on, but what we care about is what's happening on the gridiron. David Sanchez, we have some playoff races heating up, my friend. West, West, y'all. West, West, y'all. The wild, wild west. Yeah, big, big game. The, the one game, obviously, on Saturday. Uh, Stamps and Bombers rematch. Uh, now Calgary has to go to Winnipeg, and uh, that's going to be, uh, you, know, you know, talking about counting, counting teams out or not believing, and that's this is a spot where most think after what they're seeing from Calgary lately, and maybe not seeing from Winnipeg that this is a place where Calgary rolls, but uh, very difficult to play in Winnipeg and a team that'll be highly motivated. So I look forward to that one Saturday. So here's the playoff picture for those who haven't figured out all of the scenarios. What we just saw last week, Calgary clinched its 15th consecutive playoff appearance. That is crazy that for a decade and a half they've been in the postseason. Winnipeg secured its fourth straight spot in the postseason. Saskatchewan claimed a postseason berth for the third consecutive year, which means this week Calgary with a win or a tie clinches a home date. Calgary, with a win and a Saskatchewan loss, can clinch first place in the division, which means they will host the Western Final on November 17th. And the other scenario that's really in play here is Saskatchewan with a win or tie as Davis drops his phone. I got insurance. Saskatchewan with a win or a tie clinches a home playoff date. So we have a sprint to the finish. Sask is at 11-5 right now. They go to Edmonton this week. They've got the home and home. They host Edmonton to finish the season. Calgary also tied at 11-5. They go to Winnipeg this week and then end on the road at BC. And then Winnipeg 10-7, who still have an outside shot of hosting a home playoff game if some outcomes go in their favor. They've got Calgary this week where they have to take care of business and then they finish the season with a bye. After all of that, David Sanchez, mm. who do you like in terms of coming out of the West? Because I Who do you like coming out of the West? Tell me what you believe. The Calgary Stampeders are a different football team. Because those those records, you know, five losses for 
Sask and you know, five losses for Calgary. In the last five games, Calgary is an entirely different football team with Bo Levi Mitchell at the helm. My guy has thrown for almost 1,800 yards in the last five games. Versus Winnipeg, he put up 337. Versus, versus Montreal, 464. Versus Toronto, 346. Versus Hamilton, 342. He's got a TD pass in 13 straight games. If we want to continue back to last year, I think in this sport, no position is more important than the quarterback. And he has proven, when healthy, he's still the best in the league. No question. Uh, he's, he's, and that, he's the difference maker. Right now, as we look at the playoff push, and I evaluate all the teams. The one thing that stands out is is Bo. And even when his numbers, because there's been games over the last five where he hasn't, his numbers haven't been great. It's actually, you know, some games where I think he didn't play well. Um, maybe not the last, like a little bit earlier on, there were games he didn't play well, didn't put up numbers. But it comes down to those that last. You know, in, in crucial situations, you know he's going to get it done or, or does get it done, and that's that's the big difference. Is there's there's so many, and I think that makes it makes I'll say a better playoff, but it, it does make an intriguing playoff run because there's a lot of uncertainty in some of the other guys and and uncertainty at the quarterback position. When I say uncertainty, I just mean it from from a, in a playoff sense because there's not a lot of playoff experience. I still even Trevor Harris. When he returns, because he's likely back this week or next week, uh, I still I'm not completely sure about him, and, and he's already played in, in a Great Cup, and, and but I still not 100 percent sure of him in the playoffs. So uh, there's a lot of uncertainty except for Bo. See, it's interesting because I actually you you jumped ahead. I actually was going to offer is it Edmonton. Because we talked about Winnipeg, we talked about Saskatchewan in terms of the playoff scenarios. No one's really talking about Edmonton. They are going to cross over. They're going to play Montreal. Are we sleeping on Edmonton now that they've got their quarterback back? The guy who's playing the position better than anyone when Bo was out. The guy who we thought was going to be the MOP when Bo was out. He's off the six-game injured list after missing four games with an injury to his throwing arm. So the Edmonton Eskimos, who are already up against the cap, won't get that cap benefit of having him sit out for the rest of the regular season. Is a very deliberate move to get him some reps and forget about the fiscal savings, get him some reps before the playoffs start. I mean, the Eskimos were only 6-6 six and six when he was the starter, but he was completing 71 percent of his balls 15 TDs just four INTs you look at what Kilgore did taking over for him and again they were 500 two and two but he had four TDs to eight INTs does this offense take a large step with him back and thus maybe Edmonton might be the greatest threat to, to Calgary hoisting Le Coupe de Grey once again no really this is, a, this is a team whose special teams are, are, are top third in the league defense Top third in the league. Offense top third in the league. But for some reason, they only win 50% of their games. I don't know how that happens. But but in, in a scenario where one and done, they don't scare you? They're not going to win two road games and then go to go to Calgary and beat the Stampeders in a great cup. I just think this, it, can't, it won't happen. It's just, to me, there's too many holes in, in the defense, especially in the back end. There's, over the last month, we see – Busted coverages, undisciplined play, which has been a trademark of that Eskimos team. Uh, that's that's the 
Sask is way more scary to me uh, than than Edmonton is, and Montreal is scarier to me than Edmonton is, and Hamilton is Hamilton. I want to talk about the East and the threats from the East coming up, but first. Let's show some love to our friends at Twisted Tea. You know what goes great with twisting up the volume on that favorite tune of yours? Twisting up the party with a Twisted Tea. Made with real tea and a touch of lemon, Twisted Tea is the hard iced tea that goes down easy. So whether it's game day, beach day, or just the end of a work day, the good times start with a Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, good times with a twist. <laughs> The the guy with the with the ox cord in the Alouettes dressing room is Devere Posey. I was in Montreal uh, this weekend, and and literally, he walks out of the locker room with a Beats box, like he's playing music wherever he's going. This is Vern, Vern Adams I'm talking about uh, as he's leading the team. Uh, he was playing some some Afro pop. He wasn't playing some hip hop, but if he was playing some hip hop, I think the line he would be playing is. Last night took an L, but tonight I bounced back. Because that, that's what happened. That's what happened. We, we were like, ooh, maybe this is bloom off the rose. He's struggling. You know, a week after having four INTs, he came back decisive in his reads, slinging it, and, and had three TD passes for Toronto, had 44 rushing yards to go with his 249 through the air. And his fifth career, in a, in a short career, already his fifth career game-winning drive, with two games left, um, they, they, they are, they're going to most likely, they're going to finish with their first winning season since 2012. The bounce is back in Montreal, and I think it's a lot because of the bounce and step of big play VA, no? For certain it is. I mean, since, since 2016, the quarterbacks combined 13 for 39. Mm, not good. Uh, no. And, uh, and now VA is 11 and 4. So that's, you know, 7.733 winning percentage or 0.250 winning percentage without, without VA. So this, this is a – he's obviously made a difference in, in Kahari, but he's – you just discussed one and done. And VA, when it comes to one and done scenario, you saw – give an NFL, NFL comparison. You saw what Lamar Jackson did to Seattle last week. Yep. That's what VA can do. He's – yeah, and especially in a one, because you know if you're running the ball like that all, all the time, and and that's how you're picking up first downs, that's how you're scoring, that's how you're generating offense. I don't think it's sustainable over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. But in a playoff run, similar to Damon Allen, Damon Allen was was a great, he's a Hall of Famer, and a great quarterback. Period. But in the playoffs, there's nobody you wanted more than Damon Allen because he had that. He would do that when it counted, and that was, uh, and that's that's how I see VA. You mentioned Kahari before we transition. I want to pick your brain about him. I, I went to Montreal. I talked to him this week for a piece that will be coming out in a couple weeks. I did. Yeah, I'm working. How I'm come they I'm send you I'm all Jamaican. these places to do things, but they, don't, they will never let me go? Because you're in the studio uh, working for TSN. Kahari, sure you're also in studios, DJ. But uh, let's uh, let, not on, not not on the weekend. I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm a, I'm a well. Monday to Friday nine to five guy. At my, be, at my job must be nice. You're not. It is very nice. Um, I asked Kahari point blank. The streets are talking. Like there's other people interested in you other than this city. Ooh, uh, and I, I, well, you know, I can't oh, give away the, it, the, huh? the secrets. You got you got to watch CFL. I don't, I don't even know. Okay, I'll, but I'm, but I'm going to CFL. But whether it is last I checked. 
Michael Shea doesn't have a contract next year. Last I checked, Kari Jones, one of the greatest players in Blue Bombers history. He's in a division where a former great QB is coaching the Eskimos. Former great QB is coaching the Stampeders. Could he end up in Winnipeg? Last I checked, the only guy who smiles more than Kahari is Pinball Clements. They share an agent. Right, right, right. Right, right, right. Uh, they, they, they need to get their quarterback situation right in Toronto. Kahari Jones has shown that he can coach up quarterbacks, if nothing else. Could he potentially be in Toronto? Could be changing ownership in Montreal. No, so on and so forth. He he's staying in Montreal. He's not going to Toronto. Okay, but my question is, what is the best coaching option? If you are Kahari Jones this offseason and you are weighing all of the offers, which is the situation that you feel would be the most advantageous? I get to choose all the coaching jobs in the in the country. The well, ones no, because some of them are not going to be. So like Dave Dickinson. You, which ones are you? Dave, Dave Dickinson is now walking through that door. He's not leaving. So which which spots are you are you claiming? Winnipeg. That were available. Toronto. Montreal. Those are the three. Not BC. I mean, I mean, David Braley is out here talking tough about we need changes and we need to evaluate, even though they just made changes. So, <laughs> no, BC. But I also, I'm, I'm just teasing. BC staff is not going nowhere this year. I don't think. Well, I but I also know and can understand and appreciate that like he doesn't like to spend money that he doesn't need to. <laughs> so, I, so I don't. I don't. Who does? I, who does? That's that's how you get rich. Is don't spend money that you don't need to. Probably why I'm poor. So I don't I don't for no I don't foresee a change in in BC and they're finishing strong. Um, in Montreal, Winnipeg, Toronto would be the realistic okay. destinations. So if I'm Gahar and I get to choose one of the three spots, correct. That's a good question. I, I choose. I would choose probably Montreal, Montreal because I'm already there. I already have. I'm building something. I have a young team. I I feel like he's going to be back in Montreal. He's he's earned the, the trust of the locker room and the organization is behind him. The fan base seems to be behind him. I mean, he's got all that. That takes time to build, and that um, yeah, I think he, I think he resigns back in Montreal. But we'll see. You, or do you already know? Is no, I, inside, I don't know. Inside conversation. I don't, I'm just if I'm Kari, I'm like, yo, can you take this interim tag off me? Like, are you not entertained? What what more do you need? I guess I guess the only difference is that his number may be going up as those wins continue to go up. He's doing a great job. Uh, we had a great sit down, a great little chat, um, which we're actually going to talk about later in 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 the show. Um, but but love to Kahari for spending some time. You know, I also love to spend some time with our friends at RedTag.ca. We you know we have something really exciting to bring to you on today's episode we're calling all the diehards cfl fans all the lovers of the game this is now the fourth year in a row that the cfl's official travel partner redtag.ca i'm good with them that's how i can get to montreal davis is the, they hooked me up they're giving fans the opportunity to get hooked up as well to win the ultimate gray cup fan trip all you gotta do is head to redtag.ca slash cfl to enter now that's redtag.ca backslash cfl you and a friend and a homie could win a trip to the Grey Cup in Calgary. You can enjoy a weekend in Calgary where you'll get a flight, a hotel, and some tickets to the game. Big thanks once again to Red Tag and the team at the CFL putting this together. Such a good look. Redtag.ca, Grey Cup, CFL fan trip. Enter now before November 10th at redtag.ca slash CFL. 
Are the Hamilton Tiger Cats going to be in Calgary? They are, have been a beast at home, undefeated at home this year, 13-3 and overall, the best regular season record ever. I am here to say that I think not a, only do they have to get there, I think they got to win it. They, I, I don't know if they've had in the Scott Mitchell era a better shot to get this done. They've, they've been a bridesmaid a couple times. They haven't punched that ticket. I'm here to say that if they don't not just get to the Great Cup, but win it this year mm-hmm. is a failure. Mm-hmm. Too strong? Too is strong? A failure? Is this can this year be a success if they don't win a great? Yes, game? they've been they lost their starting quarterback and they have thirteen wins. That's for sure. This season can be a success. Ask any of those guys right now, and they will say. I, I have a good story for you. Okay, talk. To I believe two thousand sixteen Great Cup. Mm-hmm. No, seventeen because Ottawa Ottawa won a sixteen, right? Um, yes. Yes. Yes, yes Toronto ones in 17. Yeah. Okay, so 2017 Grey Cup. Coaches, GM's press conference Thursday of Grey Cup week. And and Wally Buono, the OG legend, sits up there and says, uh, well, uh, <laughs> someone said about his season they had. Is it Wally Buono or Bob Obilovich? Which yeah, voice did you just no, do? No, no, no. Uh, well, Frank Ziccarelli says, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wally says something uh, goes into a conversation about well, and this is uh, this is a panel, and he says, uh, and all the rest of the coaches, GMs are up there, and he says, well, it doesn't matter because uh, eight eight of us up here, it's the same. Eight of us up here didn't hoist the Great Cup last year. Ottawa's the only one that did, and so everyone else can't feel good about their season or doesn't feel good about uh, they were it was a failure the season before and and everyone kind of nods their head and yeah and and about 15 minutes later not initially but 15 minutes later the mic gets passed over to Dave Dickinson Mm -hmm. and they ask him something around the same the same question and very subtly Dave says I don't know. Uh, other people might have different opinions. He's definitely talking to Wally, and obviously they have a connection. Mm-hmm. Other people might have different opinions, but I wouldn't consider my last last year's season a failure to me. He's uh, he said we won this amount of games. We uh, are an extremely tight group. We had a lot of fun. Had a lot of fun. Won a lot of games, and and uh, yes, we didn't didn't uh, um, you know achieve the ultimate goal but to call it a failure he said every year I've played football that means for the last 30 years every year I've been in football 27 of those years have been a failure he's like I definitely wouldn't agree with that he said so no it's not a failure to me and it was interesting because uh, he was definitely going back at Wally saying no and at that year you know Wally's team was 500 or whatever they were and Dave's team was Thirteen and five, or whatever they right, were. Right. He's saying, "No, we're not all." The, Dave's saying, "No, we're not all the same. <laughs> we're not all the teams aren't the same." He said, "If we, I had a, we had, we won the West. We hosted a playoff game. We made it to the Great Cup. You didn't make the playoffs. We're not the same as you." Right. It was interesting because they weren't talking to each other. There was a gap between. Them, but Dave was definitely. But they were talking going, to each other. De- well, Dave was talking to Wally. Talking back, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is interesting. Another, yeah. another thing is you never you won't hear Dave very often. This is a this is a, a subtlety of uh, if you listen to the guys talk a lot, you won't hear Dave 
talk about Wally when he talks about his rise in coaching and his rise to where he's at. Only Huff? Uh, he won't. You know, he doesn't. He obviously has a lot of respect for Wally and uh, and what they did together. But he doesn't credit. He very. Well, I've never heard him crediting Wally for his successes. It's interesting. Well, newsflash: this year was not a success for BC because they will not be winning the Great Cup because they will not be making the playoffs. And so now, as we do our annual. Uh, Check By the in. way, yeah. he credits to everyone before before somebody before somebody clips this and leaves it by leaves it as a quote by itself. Um, continuing in that, he definitely credits every coach he's been around, but he doesn't. He never goes out of his way. I don't feel like he doesn't go out of his way to the guy he spent the most time with to say he was uh, a, a huge or a massive part of it, which is surprising, seeing as he's the all-time winningest coach and Dave's on that trajectory, a similar trajectory. Yeah, you don't you don't have to qualify. Yes, it. you do because no. people these days are snatching no. are snatching quotes by themselves, isolating them, and then leaving leaving them out there. No, we all heard what you said, Davis, loud and clear in the microphone. It's being filmed. Davis Sanchez says Dave Dickinson still in his feelings for being benched by Wallaguano <laughs> for Casey Printers. Yeah. Dave Dickinson says, "Where is Casey Printers now? Back then they wow. didn't want me. Now I'm hot. Wow. Uh, they all on me. Wow. They, that's what Davis Sanchez you were a lyricist said." About Dave Dickinson. Uh, so uh, let's do our, our monthly check-in okay. on the Leo Vegas odds, the odds to win the Great Cup. And there's, those odds have gotten a lot closer as we get closer and closer to the Great Cup as teams punch their playoff ticket and as teams are eliminated. So we only have really six teams that are in contention. The Edmonton Eskimos, 1,400. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers, 500. Montreal Alouettes also at 500. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders at 350, Calgary Stampeders at 300, and the Hamilton Tiger Cats at 225. Wow. What sticks out to you? I, it's a no brainer, and I'm going to contradict the heck out of myself right now. Okay. Go ahead. The Edmonton Eskimos at plus 1400. I might put that in, I might bet that right now. <laughs> because? At plus, because you're getting plus, you're getting plus 1400. Look, the reality of the East is Edmonton will be, if I had to pick a team right now, they'd be the third team I would take to get out of the East. It's Hamilton, it's Montreal, and then Edmonton, okay? Well, I Makes mean, there are only three teams right. can get so out they're of the, the East. They're so. the bottom. <laughs> Thank you, Thank you, Einstein. <laughs> well, they're the bottom one. <laughs> okay, yes. Yeah, okay. So, uh, but why do I take them? Because I still feel, I still feel like it's, it's any given Sunday over there, and they could – they could get they could get lucky or they could have a good a good game and win, and if you're getting plus you give me plus fourteen hundred for them to get out because once you remember here's the thing about gambling if you get out of the east if they get out of the east they don't have to beat Calgary to make money if you bet a hundred dollars on Edmonton to win the Grey Cup and they get to the Grey Cup now you're guaranteed fourteen hundred dollars if they win the game you could bet. Nine hundred dollars on Calgary, right? Hedge your bet cover, and cover yourself. Yeah, so you couldn't bet nine because it'll be a money line that will cost about minus four hundred to take Calgary. So you could bet four hundred dollars, three hundred dollars, and you could cover your and you could earn money right there. So yes, I I would take Edmonton. Those odds are too long for Edmonton. I would take Edmonton all day at plus fourteen hundred. The value I like in that is Montreal at five hundred, for all the exact same reasons you gave me about Edmonton at fourteen. Montreal 
has to win two games to get to the Grey Cup, they'll be hosting one of those games. And so on a neutral field, I think Montreal might be better than Edmonton, never mind at home. And when you look at the fact that Winnipeg is also at 500, just to, just to look across the landscape, Winnipeg is, is probably going to have to win two games on the road just to get to the Grey Cup. Montreal certainly is going to host one. Then they've got to play Hamilton and then obviously win the Grey Cup. But I, I, I love Montreal at, at 500, just in, in the middle of the pack. Yeah, but you don't know what you're talking about. All right, well, there you go. There you have it. The Leo Vegas odds brought to I mean, you I by mean gambling. degenerate gambler David Sanchez <laughs> and me, Donovan Bennett, who does not know what he's talking about. <laughs> Whether you're a long snapper, a ball hawk, a field general, or you have an important role to play in life, Athabasca University has a place for you on their team. Take the National Great Cup Sweepstakes Pop Quiz to find out your player persona and be entered to win the grand prize of a flight for two to Calgary. Get hotel accommodations for three nights from Friday, November 22nd to Sunday, November 24th, and two tickets to the Great Cup on November 24th. Did you know that Athabasca University is the CFL's official education partner? I did. Did you know that? Yeah. You need to enroll in some more classes. AU serves 40,000 learners from coast to coast and believes everyone should have an access to university-level education that, quite frankly, can have a profound impact on your life. Whether you're a player, a coach, or a fan, we're all learners, including us. We can consider life beyond the game with Athabasca University. Visit cfl.ca slash aupopquiz to find out who your player persona is and be entered to win a trip to the Grey Cup. Davis, who's your player persona? If there's one player right now on the field that you're like, man, kind of looks like me, kind of walks like me, kind of plays like me, breaks up passes with a little bit too much contact, then looks back to see if there's a flag, and then sees there's no flag, and then gets up and then really starts barking. Who would be your player persona right now? I don't now? have any idea. Who's yours? I mean, I would love to say so. There's Delvin. <laughs> Delvin Cook. No, 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 no. I, I would love to say Speedy B. But I don't know. You probably didn't have this because you played at a high level. You know, sometimes you're playing the game, and in your mind, things are happening a certain way. Then you go and watch film, and you're like, "Man, I didn't actually look as good as I thought that play was." A hundred percent. I thought I broke that that run off for like 21 <laughs> yards. I look back, it was like a seven yard gain off tackle. Yeah. Um, so in my mind, I'm Speedy B, but in reality, I think I'm more of like a Chandler worthy. <laughs> like they gave me the double zero. Because they, they didn't really expect that much from me. And late in the season, I got a chance to ball out, and I balled out. That's pretty good. That's a good analogy. Chandler, Chandler Worthy did ball out. Shout-outs to, shout to Chandler Worthy. That, that's, not a, that's not a diss. That's love. You can't have a team with two people with the number zero. With, with Toby Antigua with zero, and Chandler Worthy is double zero. It's, that's doing too much. time for me to get a bit silly i always try and throw you off your game a little bit in my brain's not working this morning well i mean some things don't change uh in in a segment i like to call objectional conduct i got two quick ones for you first one is all those rings and things you sing about bring them out (laughs) 
is ring night tonight. It is banner night tonight. We are, full disclosure, you're probably listening to this on a Wednesday or Thursday or getting ready for Friday night football. We are taping this on a Tuesday. The Raptors get their championship ring. They get their banner. You are a champion, my friend. What was it like for you to see a championship ring? And where do you keep them? It's hard to yell when the microphone's in, in your mouth. Come on. Bring them out, bring them out. I keep them in a safety deposit box. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, uh, this, to see it was pretty cool. Uh, you know what? I had... Were you part of the design process? I was not. No, I was not. The guys who were living in Montreal... So here's the thing. I won it in 2005 in Edmonton with my first Grey Cup ring, but I did not care at all about that ring. No disrespect. I shouldn't say I didn't care. I didn't feel a part of it. So Why? it was strictly because I didn't play. Because I, I tore my hip flexor in week nine and was on IR and <clears throat> watching the game from the sidelines. And it was also, you could still feel a part of the team if you don't play in the championship game, if you were a part of building that culture that, to that, get that championship. Exactly. And I, I was a hired gun free agent. I had just came in that year. I didn't feel a part of it. So to me, I never really felt like that was, if that was the only great cup I ever won, then I would have felt a part of it, and I, you're not sorry, I wouldn't feel part of it. I would, I would have, you know, took in the ring and, and, uh, and been that way. But once, because I was in, I had played in five Grey Cups before I won one in Montreal, five Grey Cups, and I had participated, no, that's wrong too. My teams have been involved in five Grey Cups uh, until I finally won one in Montreal. And because I had been with that team for eight years and not won a Grey Cup, that was special. And had a lot of heartbreak, a lot of great teams, a lot of brothers on that on that team that I work with. That was really special to get that ring on ring night and actually Montreal class class organization because they Jim Pop and Coach Trespin, they flew me and Karan Williams in the offseason. We both went to BC in that off season. So when they did the ring ceremony, they did the ring ceremony the night before training camp in the 2010 season. And they, Montreal flew us back in for the ring ceremony and, and allowed us to be a part of that because they, um, you know, was, that was nice of them to do, but it was pretty special. No doubt about it. That is cool. That is, I rate that. I respect that. And they stay in a safety box. My dad gets them. I gave my dad the great cup, the Eskimos ring. <laughs> He has that that's and cool. probably wears it, and it, that's a that's a nice from a from an actual like ring from a jewelry standpoint it might be the nicest one, um, and he likes that. And then I keep and then I keep the other two in a safety deposit box at the bank. Okay, my hands are too small to wear them. I, I, they're so. They're um, I wear it for maybe for great even great cup week. I brought it out last year. Yeah, and I'm sure I'll bring it this year. But I don't even wear it. I brought it and probably put it in my pocket because it's just so darn big. You're gonna need security if you if you walk around with this year. I might let Milt borrow one of them. Oh on wow! The, on Why a, would you do that? No, nah, because he, because that? he didn't have one. I didn't want to let him. Do that, I might man? bring Why it because he's my it? friend. I Why might be nice okay. and let him wear one of them. I'll bring I'll bring both of them. I'll let I'll let maybe I'll ask my dad to. To ship one, he could borrow my dad's for the week, so he has one. That's fine. Shout out to the goat. That's inter- that's very interesting. I mean, you are the Segway master, and it's interesting that you're talking that tough. Because I actually, I, I I did speak to your friend Kahari this week, as I, as I mentioned, and I I talked to him about the fact that, you know, your prime and his prime and Milt's prime were all around the same time, 
And so I just gave him a little hypothetical situation. And just take a listen to what Kahari had to say about what it would be like if we turn back the hands of time. So let's go back 2001. Mm -hmm. Playing quarterback, four by one in the red zone. You have fellow broadcaster Milt Siegel on the one side by himself being guarded in cover zero by Mm. Davis Sanchez Mm. on the short side by himself. Mm. What's happening? What are we doing? What are we running? Oh, wow. (laughs) Well, I love Davis Sanchez. He's he's awesome, awesome as a broadcaster. But we're going at Davis Sanchez. (laughs) We're going at him. We're going to make sure that if he makes a play, he's the hero. But I'm throwing it up. And we're throwing a go ball. And he knows we're throwing a go ball. And I'm letting that thing go. (laughs) Davis, you better be ready. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I don't know if Davis would love it. Yeah. (laughs) But I love it. A go ball. I, I was ready for like... Quick slant, yeah, a me smash too. route, right? It was man-to-man in the red zone. It's tough. A go ball. Well, the, you know what? To be fair, that's a completion because just, <laughs> just, like, just like you, I was expecting a quick slant. So if he's running the go, he got me. Touchdown, oh, Blue Bombers. Oh, we, may have to, uh, we may have to reenact that uh, <laughs> at Grey Cup. Hopefully it's not minus 20. Oh, but I'm, 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 I may good. have to get an official's... Uh, Outfit. I'll get my Andre Pru on, and I'll I'll make the call at the back of the end zone, and might have to get Milt some some new era gear, and yourself get you spatted up for that for that one go ball with the game on the line. Kari, I love you. I think I my longest interception touchdown return was against you though. My oh, brother. oh, I got eighty yards or seventy eight yards or something like that. Shout out to Kari Jones. <laughs> Fans, Beller Direct is the official home and car insurance of the CFL. They have been a proud partner three years now and offer exclusive and unique ways to take in the CFL content and experiences. Check out tsn.ca, Beller Direct, for access to football content, such as exclusive interviews with players and coaches and other fun stuff. Well, Bella Direct has some exciting news. They have launched their Coach for a Day contest that will give you a chance to win an all-inclusive VIP trip to the Grey Cup to see what it's like to be a CFL coach for a day. The winner will get a chance to see what it's like to be a CFL coach with an all-inclusive VIP trip for two to the Grey Cup. It includes two tickets to the game, accommodation, official gear, and more goodies. You also get to experience what it's like to be a coach in the CFL and be featured on the big screen during the 107th Grey Cup. Simple, right? Here's how to enter. Record a video of yourself giving a pep talk to your favorite CFL team and upload your video at coachforaday.ca before November 3rd to get your chance to win. Thank you to our friends at Bel Air Direct, the official home and car insurer of the Canadian Football League. And now joining us on the podcast is Greg Allingson. Greg, thank you so much for doing it. And first off, the situation, the team is, is in the playoffs. You kind of know the circumstances. You know you're going to cross over. Um, what it's 
is it like for you going into games knowing kind of what what your fate is going to be already? I mean, it's a little bit different every year. Uh, I, I've you know, been fortunate to, you know, well, now I think about it, every year that I've played, uh, I've made it to the playoffs. But um been fortunate also to have the game at the end of the year. You know, not quite mean anything because you kind of know where you're going to be and where you stand in the rankings and what your playoff picture is going to look like. And, uh, you know, it kind of just goes – you know, without saying this is a, this is the same, uh, you know, situation where, you know, it, it, they still matter. It's it's not like it doesn't matter at all because you, uh, especially when we have Trevor coming back, you know, you want to make him feel comfortable going down the stretch. You want to make him confident uh, going into the playoffs so that he can play the best he can. And, and he can't really do that without uh, the guys playing at a high level. And uh, especially when you're facing a team, you know, like Sask, who's battling for first place in the West, you know, they're not going to come down – to uh, Edmonton and and take it easy on us. They're playing for first place. They're going to come to battle, and you can uh, you know do that for a number of reasons because you don't want to one just uh, you know make it easy for another team. Uh, to, you know you give yourself a you get a chance you know you, where you could be injured or if you're not giving your all or or possibly you know put together a poor performance that's going to make you kind uh, of fall back and, and regress as far as the team goes. And you really want to be going forward and improve every week throughout the season, especially towards the end of the year. You want to carry some momentum going into the playoffs. So there's a lot of reasons to play, even though we know where we're going to be. And uh, that changes, doesn't change any time this, this time around. You mentioned Trevor, and there was so much excitement with not just him coming to Edmonton, but yourself as well, because you guys had such a great connection on the field. And, uh, he was playing lights out, was in the MOP conversation before he got hurt. What is it going to be like for him to have almost like a mini training camp with you guys before the games get real and it's in the, the postseason? Oh, I mean, they're still real, especially when you have a, a dangerous team like Sask, who you could, you know, even though we're crossing over, could uh, end up playing them in the Great Cup. Uh, it's not, you know, it's a team we haven't played against this year, so it's always nice to be able to challenge yourself um, as an offense and as a team. Uh, being the only team that we haven't played this year, you know, leaves a tough matchup on the field. Uh, they're a good team all around, and um, it, it's a true test for us going into the playoffs and to see how we could perform. And definitely Trevor needs to, you know, come in. You know, he's going to be focused on getting a win. It's not like uh, he, he has any other mindset besides that. You know, he's coming to practice to win. He's learning the playbook, the plays that we're installing for this team, just like any other league, so we can get back into the groove of things. And, uh you know, play one week at a time. It's it's uh, fastest week at home in Edmonton, and then, you know, we'll take it from there. You know him well, obviously, as you've been around him for a bit. The, the team was 500 with, with Logan in for him for that month, but what was it like for him to kind of be around but not be able to help and to contribute? Oh, I mean, it was tough for him. I mean, I could tell, you know, throughout those games that he wasn't playing that, you know, he definitely wished he was in there and he was doing everything he could to – uh you know, make himself make himself uh, available for the, for each game, and uh, you know, it just so happens that he'd you know throw a little bit and not feel comfortable and not not feel like he could give his hundred percent. And even his last BC game, you know, he felt like he was almost there, and uh, he almost had you know uh, everything going for him. And uh, you know, it was the coach's discretion and uh, the, the training staff to choose to leave him out one more week, which you know, uh, you know, it ended up working out. We ended up beating BC. Uh, with Logan, and uh, he stepped in and filled the role admirably, and um, now Trevor's back. So having an extra week, uh, you know, of uh, making sure that you are healthy and and not being thrown back in the fire always helps. And, 
you know, you'll, you'll see Trevor uh, perform this week. You know, he's going to be back at it. He's at practice today, you know, um, looking no different than he did before the injury. And, uh, you know, just going to prepare like any other week and just try to build some momentum going into the playoffs. You're almost done your first full season in Edmonton. What has it been like? You obviously had lots of success and were loved in Ottawa. And in free agency, sometimes it can be tough to move because you never know if the grass is going to be greener. Um, you've had great production, but what has the transition been like moving uh, out west? You know, it's good. It's it's always different. Uh, you know, from Hamilton to Ottawa is a different story. And uh, from Ottawa to uh, Edmonton has also been a different story. Uh, you know, Hamilton, I... Uh, you know, kind of wanted to get out of there a little bit because, you know, felt like I wasn't being played uh, like I should have been. And I felt like I belonged on the field. And uh, Ottawa gave me that opportunity again. And, you know, had four successful years there with uh, playoffs every year and uh, three great cup runs and uh, one championship. And, you know, I, I enjoyed the city, the, pe- the friends that I made, the teammates I made. And, you know, and then uh, now, now to Edmonton this year, and uh, it's just a change. I, I felt like coming in, I had to, uh, you know, prove myself. You, you can't really... That's one thing you have to do, you know, in, in any professional sport is prove yourself year in and year out. But uh, especially with Edmonton, I, I felt like it was, I needed to, you know, come out and produce and, you know, be a guy that uh, the team can depend on and, and the fans could uh, trust and know that I'm going to bring the same thing every week. Uh, just because, you know, the legacy here, the you know, how historic the franchise is and, you know, all the names that have passed through here, all the championships and, and uh, definitely the expectations of uh, being an Edmonton Eskimo is a championship and, and pushing far into the playoffs for sure. You were one of the many leaders that you had uh, in the room when you were in Ottawa, but you come to a new team. How do you transition in terms of assimilating with your new teammates uh, and, and bringing some of that leadership style, but also you know being one of the new guys? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm – uh, too, too vocal as a leader. Uh, I like to lead by example, you know, also like to push the guys a little bit in practice and, uh, you know, just the learned behaviors that I've had and, you know, how I've, uh, I guess, become the player that I have is, you know, kind of watching the guys before me and, and seeing what they do and, t- and taking bits of their game and, and, and trying to put it into mine and mold it into a way that I, I see fit. And, you know, just try to relate that to the guys. And, you know, that's, that's how I lead is, uh, you know, by example, doing, trying to do things the right way. And, uh, especially, you know, out, outworking people in practice and, and, and on the field and game day. And it's just, you know, keep keep having a motor that doesn't stop and, and be consistent and make sure you don't change. Uh, that's kind of, uh, you know, what, what I brought, I think. And, you know, hopefully my uh, teammates or guys that could say that, uh, you know, with that with 100%, you know, um, honesty and certainty that, that is who I am. Um, I would hope they could say that about me. But other than that, you know, I don't really want to push too hard, you know, trying to fill a role of a leader because you don't want to fabricate anything, right? You want to just have it, let it happen how it may and, and uh, you know, mold yourself onto a team and, and kind of get in where you fit in. And, you know, I didn't push too hard to fill that in any way, just kind of did my thing like I always do. And uh, if guys want to, you know, t- take what I do and add that to their game, then, you know, I- I'm happy with that. That's why you're one of the respected guys on the team. But on every team, one of the most respected guys is the guy who controls the music in the locker room. And I love to find out from guys, who is that? Who is the guy on the S that is given the power of the ox cord? Oh man. I feel like, uh, it mixes up quite a bit. You know, Colin Kelly takes it a little bit and, uh, you know, Ryan King and, uh, I don't know, Ricky Collins, you know, it kind of goes around. And I think that's, uh, more important than one guy being, uh, dealt with all that pressure, you know, like you, you don't need a quarterback of the ox cord. Uh, one guy deals with that enough on the field. We, 
like to, you know, spread it around, share the wealth, and let everybody get a little taste of their music. And uh, if it's, you know, some weird French stuff, you know, some, some of the French guys in Quebec, that's cool, you know. We'll let them have a song or two. If it's uh, some, like, emo music, maybe, that uh, one guy's want to hit some rock music, we can do that. But I usually stick to more of the rap and uh, some of the throwback songs. But, uh, you know, it's good. It's all fun. Everybody yeah, has a good locker room. We've got a ping-pong table, too, so that uh, stirs up some uh, competition and kind of brings the guys together, too. So, you know, it's been a fun year, and, um, you know, definitely with all this stuff on and off the field, uh, I think it's going to, you know, propel us into the playoffs with uh, definitely some momentum. You don't need a quarterback of the Oxford. court. But do you at times need to call an audible of what is being played with the ox court? <laughs> I don't ever mind. You know, I, honestly, I, I listen to everything. Um, I, I don't think there's a genre of music that I, I haven't, uh, you know, stuck my toe into it and, and see how the water felt. And if it felt right, then, you know, you're going to find some good music and no matter what it is. Uh, that's, that's I'm a firm believer in that. So I'll give everything a chance. But, uh, you know, there's some guys that have, you know, their say and, 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 and might not uh, – fly with some of the songs that are on, but they can just wait their turn. So when you're a player in the league, you get to see the best and most beautiful cities in our country, but you're normally in and out for a day or two unless you're there for, for Grey Cup week. But when you're living in a city like Edmonton, you really get to learn it. What have you learned or appreciated about Edmonton that you didn't know when you just came as a visitor? Oh, man, I think the first thing might be uh, all the little different food spots. Uh, I found, like, quite a few just, like, local, hole-in-the-wall, like, kind of just low-key places you'd probably never step into if someone didn't direct you there. Um, and that's one – I mean, that's, I, I, I like food. I would say I'm a foodie. I, I like to try different spots and explore the city. And I think that was one, uh, like, pleasing thing. And, and other than that is, I guess, just how much uh, nature, like, um, is only maybe 10 minutes – at most, uh, for, from where you're living, um, even, you know, 30 minutes, you can go to Elk Island and, you know, we did that, uh, this, this past bye week went over to Elk Island. It was only a 30 minute drive from where I live in Edmonton. And, you know, you see a Buffalo roaming around or bison, whatever you want to call them, bison, I guess, kind of the same thing, um, roaming around and, and literally only five, 10 feet away from me, uh, these huge animals that, are almost, you know, when I was looking at them, I brought Odin too, and he just wants to go play with them. And they kind of, I don't know, they acted like, giant dogs a little bit and uh they're just rolling around on the ground covering themselves with dirt i guess trying to get the insects away from them but it was cool to see and i don't think uh coming to edmonton i would have ever expected uh the wildlife to be just you know so close and uh so accessible to me yeah that's a very alberta specific story i don't think you'd have had that scene in hamilton or in <laughs> ottawa before uh, yeah i don't think so i think it's alberta specific is the rivalry, right? You have two really strong franchises in the same province. I'm actively rooting for a, a Stamps-esque Grey Cup in Calgary. I think it would be, be crazy. What have you learned about the intensity of the rivalry and how serious things get when the two teams actually get together? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm still learning that. You know, it's uh, not something I don't think you could fully grasp with uh, one season under your belt of uh, being in Edmonton or Calgary. Um, you know, the only thing I really understood that was close to that was being in Hamilton with uh, Toronto and, and understanding that rivalry. So, you know, understanding that and uh, kind of applying that to what, what I've experienced here is, uh, you know, just basically kind of feels like a little mid-season playoff football where, uh, you know, there's a lot of intensity. There's a, there's a, a lot of uh, guys trying to impose their will on the other guy all the way through the whistle. And, um, you know, it's definitely something that uh, brings a little bit more of an edge 
to that game than than it usually does in those regular season games, which is nice to have, especially when uh, you know through the grind of the season, it's always nice to be able to you know fuel that fire of a, a game meaning a little bit more and having a little bit more intensity throughout the year. Uh, that's why I'm hoping that we see it in the Great Cup. The streets are full of green and red, like it's Christmas all week. I think that game, which you know, is tough for it to get more intense. Which oh, I hear you. Awesome I, I definitely like to get a little payback too. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet. Uh, and there's six teams left vying for the ring, for the Great Cup ring. Um, in Canada, we've got you know the Raptors at their banner night in their ring ceremony, and so that makes me ask you. Lastly, before I let you go. What, where's your ring? What do you do with it? Where is it? What was the the ring process like getting it and then kind of showing it off? What, what's your ring story? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, definitely a a memorable moment. Um, you know, Ottawa did their – we had a dinner um, kind of like on the river uh, across, you know, in downtown. And, uh, you know, there's a special moment that you share with uh, all those guys that you went to battle with and, you know, they kind of present to your ring and uh, – you know, you get to admire it for the first time and, uh, you know, put it on your finger and uh, definitely, you know, see that feeling of a champion besides the game day and hoisting that great cup, uh, you kind of get that moment all again, even though it was, uh, you know, a few months in the past. But uh, my room's also, you know, it's with me. It's here in uh, Edmonton. Uh, it's in the box they gave it to us. Uh, and it's a nice little, got a glass case and you can kind of see through it and, you know, you open it up and it lights up and, you could see the light, you know, glaring off all the diamonds and, uh, you know, just kind of nostalgic to look at it when uh, when you do. And I don't really wear it too much, you know, only just uh, maybe special occasions or, you know, when it's that time of year, I might bring it out for this, uh, you know, playoff football just to remind the guys around the locker room, you know, uh, what we're playing for and uh, that these, these weeks leading up to Montreal, even though they technically don't matter as far as the standings go, they do matter as far as uh, the attitude goes and, and building that momentum into the playoffs, um, I think it holds some significance in that in that aspect for sure. Well, you got the ring with you close in Edmonton. All the best on trying to get another one and bringing one back to Edmonton into the Empire. Thanks, man, for doing this. No problem. Thank you.